Timber. I was once told I had a nice timbre or timber. I can't remember which. Tambourine? She might have been both. <laughs> Progressive Rugby League. You're listening to the Progressive Rugby League podcast. A slightly too excited slug here. Talking at you once again, I've got Jono with me. Jono. It is great to be back. And Big Al's here. Big Al. Big Al coming at you, and I'm making sure I lean plenty close into the mic. Yeah, that's right. We were at Big Al's house last week, and you insisted on podcasting from the bath in the next room. I don't (laughs) understand what the deal was with that, but here we are all back in the studio, ready to talk progressive rugby league. Well, let's do that by jumping into round reflections. Big Al, give us what you got. So my, my round reflection, it's it's uh, it's uh, gears itself towards the lower the lower league. So it's a intrust New South Wales intrust Super Cup reflection, but it also relates to the NRL. Okay. Uh, talking about the ongoing tensions, the escalating tensions between the PRL's beloved North Sydney Bears. Mm-hmm. And the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Yes, I did see this. So the current arrangement is Norths are a feeder team to Souths. So uh, it's part of the to progression to South's first to South's first grade is you, you play for the Bears. So Robbie Farris playing for the Bears. He's like the backup hooker for Souths, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Norths want to pick up Todd Carney to play in their team, which makes the Rabbitohs very upset. Which Todd Carney? That Todd Carney? The one and only Todd right. Carney. Okay. Yes, you Just know, checking. the bubbler Todd Carney, the... Yeah. Banned from Goulburn, the police chased Todd Carney. Yeah, jumping guy, on cars in Canberra. On car, the, gotcha. the, the guy that was banned from Goulburn. I think yeah. that's a, that's a, you know, when the, a city that houses a supermax prison won't let you in, you know that things aren't going, aren't going well for Hey, 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 he's matured, hasn't he? He said so himself. <laughs> so the situation is the Bears really want to side Todd Carney because he's become available and Souths def- don't want Todd Carney to go anywhere near anything associated with their team. So Souths are really concerned with, one, their, their team culture. They're trying okay. to establish... Everyone's about team culture these days. They're trying to establish a really accountable, yeah. respectable team culture. You, you, you do your job, know your role, don't... don't yeah. The no dickheads policy. No dickheads policy, yeah, yeah. that whole thing. And, I, and Souths, I'm pretty sure, also want to sort of protect their brand. They don't want... Yeah. Todd Carney is world fa- is country Australia famous for taking a photo, having a photo taken of him looking like he's pissing in his own mouth. Yeah. So not good for the South brand. South. I thought said, he was actually pissing into his own mouth, or is he some sort of David Copperfield? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's a, is he it's a, a trick, David, of, trick of perspectives. David Copperfield yeah. uh, photography. I think he'd argue that he wasn't doing it, he was play-acting. Oh, okay. But how, who, how do you know for sure? That's right. I do think when he was addressed, I think, who, who was the CEO of the Sharks at that time? Was it Lyle Gorman? I would say yes. I've heard that when he, he was when he was hauled in to, to own up to his crimes, and like like Lyle Gorman's going, "What the hell have you done?" And he's like, "Oh, don't worry about it. I didn't actually piss in my mouth." <laughs> that was his whole thing. Don't worry. <laughs> I didn't piss didn't get in my mouth, mate. It's fine. Sleight of hand. Yeah, I, I love magic tricks, don't you? <laughs> anyway, um, so Souths have, have ne- because the, the Bears are so desperate to sign Todd Carney because they want to win a pre- they want to boost their premiership stocks, and they think their best way to win a premiership is the signing of Todd Carney, and Souths now say, well, if you sign Todd Carney, we're cutting ties with you and we don't want you to be part of our, our system at all. And that just sort of, to me, it reflects, it highlights the obsession 
that clubs have, or coaches of clubs have, at all levels, it seems, of getting that premiership Mm -hmm. and ignoring everything else just to get that premiership. And you often see players discarded by clubs. The Canberra Raiders is a great example. Had to get rid of Dugan for disciplinary issues. Blake Ferguson, you know, the breezes on the roof. Uh, only just because they're they're playing up and it's not acceptable. Yeah. Only to be they get rid of them and then other clubs just swoop on them because they too want to boost up their premiership credentials. And I just found it surprising that that also exists at the lower levels. So yeah. North are uh, prepared to forego everything else for one crack at a premiership. And like really, a premiership in the second division, how profitable is that going to be? Yeah. Like that immediate success. But wasn't there something in the paper today about if the North-South relationship breaks down. North are looking at a relationship with Roosters. Yeah, the Roosters have said straight, up, straight away, we'll take, we'll, we'll have so a they'd have Roosters and Bears. I don't know. What does that mean for the, the my beloved, my now beloved Wyoming Roosters? <laughs> and all, well, let me ask you this question here. What about a scenario where you have Robbie Farrell? He signed to play for South. He's not required in the top team, so he's playing for Norths. Does that mean Roosters can pick him if they yeah. want to? Yeah, yeah. So he's, he's contracted by South playing for North. So South has said, we'll, we'll sever ties with you and we'll pull out all of our players as right. well. So I think half of the starting lineup for North, they're all South players. Right, okay. So, so they, they're, they're all gone, yeah. So, so Robbie would be playing well, for whoever the new feeder team for yeah. South is. And maybe they'd have to, I don't know. Right. Mm. Yeah, I don't know how that would work. but I think that simply means that Greg Florimo and Gary Larson have to come out of retirement oh, yeah. and well, fill, fill some Gary gaps. Larson. <laughs> Clearly our friends at North Sydney have not been listening to the podcast where we oh. preach week in, week out that winning is secondary. I mean, winning is secondary. I find it really <laughs> disappointing. I, I don't know. Winning is sometimes tertiary. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just find it really surprising that, that North are desperately chasing a premiership and are willing to sacrifice developmental ties with it. They've had this relationship with with South since about 2007, I think. That's like an 11-year yeah. relationship. Yeah. Or for, to sign one player halfway through a season to maybe win, maybe not win. I just Well, there might be other things at play here. I mean, an 11-year relationship between a, a feeder club and a, and a first-grade club, that's a long time if that has been the length of it. And, you know, these things are very difficult to, to juggle. I mean, Newtown have, have fed into a number of different North uh, first-grade teams. Yeah. I think they've just re-signed with Cronulla for another five years, which is quite good, but they've, in the past, fed into Melbourne and Cronulla and, and other first-grade teams. at one point. That's yeah. right. So it's not Mitchell an easy relationship. So I wonder, all the hard yeah. combination yeah. for a Jets team. So yeah. I wonder if there's a few different things at play. Look, it might just be a practical cost Saving measure by Norse. Maybe a few bubblers are, are broken down at North Sydney. Oh, yeah. And they want to just <laughs> yeah. get uh, two for one. Maybe, maybe. But, I mean, at the end of the day, why, <laughs> why, can't, um, why can't he just play? I mean, he's been punished for doing things that, you know, are pretty gross, but that there's not... It's not the worst rap sheet I've seen in rugby league, and there have been some players who have done some terrible things that continue to play. So I know he's bad for brands, but, but like, like, just, if he wants to play, if he's available <clears throat> to play, and if Norths want him to play, let him play. No, it's, it's, it's entirely Norths' choice to, to get him as a player and have him play. That, that's fine. I'm not, I'm not disputing the fact that, that Norths can do that. It's yeah. the fact that they've chosen to do that. Yeah. I think it's, okay. a, it's just a poor... It's, just, it's a disappointing choice. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that, yeah, like I said before, as a game where everyone is too focused on immediate results rather than 
big picture. Yeah, but look what at about, what about crowds though. Do you think it's more than just trying to win the premiership? Do you think you'll they see him drawing a crowd for them? Yeah, I mean you've got to look at it from the first uh, the championship division clubs perspective. I mean they they take it very seriously. It's it's their first grade for North Sydney or for Newtown. So I mean while we might say oh yeah it's second division it doesn't really matter for them it's a huge deal and they. They kind of want to no, win one day. But I'm not saying the difference between winning in the the Intra Super Cup and winning in the NRL is the same. Everybody wants to win, mm. but the that p- people uh, chasing players that are of you know dubious reputation. Yeah. It happens at the top level all the time, yeah. and I'm just very surprised that it's also happening at the lower level. When he's like I said, he's nationally disgraced as a professional athlete. People who have no idea about the game know who Todd Carney is because yeah. he's the you know because of all the stuff. Yeah, and I just can't find it really. Yeah, it's uh, eye-opening. That, yeah, that that, that 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 uh, obsession with immediate result to to sacrifice everything else for that is. Yeah, I just it's telling yeah. that it's happening at that level too. All right, well, it's a good question, and you know we'll throw it out there. If you were the Bears, would you be willing to throw away your relationship with your NRL club for the sake of Todd Carney? Let's get Greg Florimo on here. Do you, reckon, we do you we could? I'm sure oh, he'd definitely come on. I've interviewed him once, actually, after well, the please, Italy should. versus Greece international yeah. test at Cogra's Jubilee Oval about 10 years yeah. ago. Yeah, during your fledgling journalism career, Johnny. That's there? right, yeah, but it ended right there. Yeah, it mm-hmm. ended there. <laughs> Started yeah. and ended. I was hauled off the ground. Retired at the peak of your powers. Yeah, absolutely. All right, I'm going to throw my round reflection in there quickly before I throw to Mr. Duncan over there. Um, look, I just want to quickly say about this round that there was a lot of hoo-ha in the press about Dylan Nupper mm-hmm. getting <sighs> marched for that tackle on Corbin Sims. People people complaining, and the players complaining at the time, oh, it, was, it was just a hard tackle, he couldn't pull out, it was just an accident. No, it wasn't. It was not an accident. He deliberately led with his head. He could have moved his head. And kudos to the referees for... Be- for you know, having a, a strong enough feel for the game to know that that's exactly what he did. I, you look at it, and you look at the trajectory he takes, and you look at how he went into it, absolutely deliberate. It was a unique trajectory. It wasn't a, a common trajectory. I, I tend to agree with you, Slug. I mean, I thought it was the right decision. I think, at, at the end of the day, it's all this talk about intent, and he, it was, he didn't mean it. it. At the end of the day, it actually doesn't matter it, if it's a foul or not. It doesn't matter if he intended to do it or not. It matters when it comes to suspending him or charging him. But, you know, there's, there's dozens of high tackles every weekend that are penalised and are fouls but are accidents, or spear tackles that are accidents but are penalised. I mean, he, he led with his head, he broke his jaw. Whether it's an accident or not, yeah. it was reckless and deserved to be punished. I've seen him go into tackles a lot like that. If he gets fired up enough, that's how he goes into tackles. So the intent thing comes in at the judiciary if he goes to the judiciary. You know, should you be suspended for X weeks? But there's no doubt that it's a foul, whether it's yeah. an accident or not. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. Everybody lays a lot of uh, responsibility at the foot of the refs for over-refereeing certain things, but it, the, the onus is on the defender to not injure the the attacker. Yeah. So yeah. it doesn't matter if, if Corbinson stepped into it or whatever he did. Yeah. Dylan Upper chose to tackle that way. He took he took the risk and it did not pay off. It was similar when we had shoulder charges, right? You were allowed to do a shoulder charge, but if it went wrong, you're in big trouble. Yeah. Yeah. And so similar this way, you tried to do a big hit 
and whether it was an accident or not, you it looked very dangerous. It was and an NFL style tackle. I'd say. It, yeah. He yeah. launched yeah. it with yeah. his head. Yeah, it was off yeah, the ground. It was, yeah, it was crazy stuff. Impromptu question: Why do players in every situation insist on arguing with the ref after the call's been made? I oh, know. Do you think it's, that's ever? Changed anything? Like, no, has, it's not has, once. Not once. Has a referee ever overturned a decision because the, like somebody made the valid yeah, that, point? That's it. Have you ever seen the a referee go? Oh, hang on. <laughs> Captain doesn't like what I just called. Can we go upstairs and just check that? He's made a really good point, guys. Yeah. Can just check that? <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's uh, what you could, you want a fast game. Start with getting captains not to argue every mm. single point that goes against them after a decision's already been made. Even when yeah. a decision has already been made and the complaining player may be 100% correct, the referee still it will doesn't not. Matter. Because the, refer- yeah. the, the way the referee they go about their game is you make the decision and then you move on straight away. Yeah. Like you don't dwell on it, you just keep going to yeah. the next decision. So if they go, if they call penalty and then they realise actually that's wrong, it doesn't matter. They'll, yeah. The game moves on. A player's coach to argue. Oh, probably, especially if you're defending and you've you been want on the park for five yeah, minutes. Yeah, yeah. What, what they call gamesmanship. Yeah, the captain yeah, yeah. comes up, wastes a bit of time, and the players get their breath back, yeah. etc. Yeah. It actually relates pretty closely to my reflection of the weekend, well, if, if we're at that off. point now. And it, it actually revolves around the impending hysteria around referees that's happening from the weekend over a, a few controversial decisions. And once again, frustrated me slightly, and it, and I decided to come up with a few facts about rugby league refereeing that I just want to share with you guys. Please. If you don't mind. Please. Fact number one about rugby league refereeing. Rugby league refereeing is a bloody hard job. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, it, yeah, it's, yeah. it's simple, but people forget that. There is, <laughs> nothing, on, no, there is nothing simple Whoa, about it. <laughs> it's a hard job, it, but it's simple. It's a simple point. No, oh, right. my oh, point oh, is oh, simple. Right. The point is simple. Okay, okay, so right. My point is simple, yeah. but people forget it. Okay? <laughs> point number two. Fact number two about rugby league refereeing. Rugby league referees make many hard decisions every game. Okay, it's an obvious extension of point one, but it's very true. It needs to be said. Yes. Fact number three. They get most of these decisions right. Yeah. Yes. Fact they're, number... They're, f- they're first-grade referees for a reason. Correct. Yeah. Fact number four. They get some of these decisions wrong. Yeah. Correct. Okay. Fact number five. Perhaps most importantly, this will always be the case and will never, ever, ever, ever change. Right. Yes. There will always like be that. wrong decisions. That's a very good point. Yeah, that is that is always, yeah. always, yes. So, do you think people want rugby league to make up for injustices they see in their own personal lives? Yes. Right. So, are you so, talking about me? No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about the fact that you know sometimes good things happen for you, sometimes bad things happen for you in life, right? Yeah. And sometimes things are unfair in life, and sometimes things are fair. So why don't people accept that that happens in rugby league as well? It's a very Swings good and roundabouts, my friend. Yeah. Swings and roundabouts. I, I think the obsession we have with getting everything correct mm. all stems from the video referee. Okay. So when you brought that in and suddenly certain decisions were reviewed and reviewed and reviewed to within an inch of their life to make sure they got the right call, yep. it gives you this expectation that every single call should be right. Mm. Yeah. And yep. so, therefore, when they're not, people blow up and... But this sort of leads to my sixth and final fact about rugby league refereeing. Now, even when they get decisions right, hard decisions right, many people will still think they're wrong and will still complain. Because of the nature of the rules, they're a bit grey. Yeah, over Even when it's correct, still, people will whinge and whine for a whole weekend. That's like we've just spoken about with the That's one of the, the things I love about rugby league. 
So you, people are very uptight about refereeing decisions. Yeah. And I ask myself, why? Why are people so uptight about refereeing decisions when we know all these rules that I just mentioned are so obvious? Well, because mm-hmm. then Twitter would be very quiet on Friday and Sunday evenings. Well, <laughs> the reason I think is You are because... talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> the reason I think people are overly uptight is because we easily forget about how ridiculous rugby league is. <laughs> and not just rugby league, but sport in general and games in general. You've got to remember, sport and games were just made up one day yeah. by someone. You know what? At the fundamental core of all these games and sports we love, it's just made-up shit. You Isn't know what I mean? the traditional meaning of sport, like fun or nonsense or something? Well, I mean, I don't know what the answer is to that. But I could, I could make up a game right now. I could say, first person to the other side of the room. And you say, well, that's, that's a boring game. I say, but you've got to have your pants around your ankles, <laughs> you've got to have your hat backwards, and you've got to sing in a falsetto all the way to get there. And you, that's when someone steps in and goes, all right, Jono, Jono, calm down. <laughs> but that, you'd say to me, that's a ridiculous game. are clearly above the knees there, unacceptable. <laughs> you'd say, that's a ridiculous game. You're making like a simple, uh, a simple occurrence much more complicated than it needs to be. But every sport is like that. I mean, rugby league at, at its basis is you need to get the ball over the line. But we make it more difficult than it has to be. You say you have to pass the ball backwards. You have offside rules, you have knock-on rules, you have all these rules stopping them from making it easy. So it's all a bit ridiculous. And I think we've forgotten, we've forgotten that sport in general is just a game and it's kind of ridiculous at its core. I think we have to remember that. Now, of course, of course we have to take sport seriously or else it would be no fun. If there was nothing on the line, it would be no fun. But we've got the balance wrong That's at the moment. That's why they invented gambling, my friend. <laughs> That's right. We've got the balance wrong at the moment and we need to bring it back to equilibrium between seriousness and ridiculousness. Mm. Remember the third pillar of progressive rugby league. Rugby league's a funny game. Yeah. So let it be funny. So let it be funny. So that's my <laughs> that's my reflection. It was a bit long winded, but I thought no, I had okay. to get it off the chest. Fair enough. Fair enough. I liked uh, that, that that point number five. This will always be the case, oh, and it will deep. never ever that ever ever odd. ever change. That, I felt I felt goosebumps when I got that. Yeah. When, when They're all obvious. All They're obvious facts, but. Ooh. People forget, and people get outraged, people get uptight. Yeah. But if I can just expand slightly. So we, and I, I'm totally on board, and I hate when people complain about refereeing decisions, but I, I think something we can discuss constructively is refereeing philosophies. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, should a referee give a lot of penalties or not? You know, I, personally, I prefer less penalties. I think we all would, but understand sometimes the need to give more penalties. I think there should be maybe a test for referees, a progressive rugby league test, because the best referees don't see the world in black and white. Right. It, those referees that see the world in black and white, they're blowing a lot of penalties, and they can sometimes you know, ruin a game, let's face it. It's, ha- it's happened before. So I say you test every referee that comes through. You ask them, are you listening to shock jocks on commercial radio? <laughs> are you reading uh, shock jock columnists? If so, maybe refereeing isn't right for you. Yeah. Do you see the world in shades of grey and, and all different uh, colours of the rainbow? Yes? Okay, maybe refereeing is right yeah. for you. You understand the nuances. You understand the, the technicalities that come with, with rugby league. How so much does What's the Buzz affect you? We, 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 <laughs> right. I love What's the Buzz. You're out! Yeah. So but what you're talking about there is, uh, you know, air quotes, game management by the match officials which is fine when you have one referee, but I think is incredibly challenging when mm. you have a dual referee system, when control is continually flipping between referees. 
mm-hmm. it's really challenging, I think, for those guys to both get on a, on a, the same level of what they're going to let slide and what they're, what they're going to keep pulling up. It is hard. Yeah. It is hard. But I think you have to, we have to discuss what is the ultimate refereeing philosophy. Are you a black and white person? What? Are you a shades of grey? Shades, shades of grey, like, I'm not... I'm all for, okay, you don't, you don't blow a penalty for every single infringement, but you sort of need to draw the line somewhere. It's you a do. really murky, How about this? dangerous... Just to make things even out, sorry. Mm. Just to make things even out, we've got the two-ref system. At the start of the game, the two refs decide, all right, you're going to be the, the strict down-to-the-letter ref this game. I'm going to be the free-flow <laughs> and cool, let it go. Right, the good cool ref, then, <laughs> yeah, the good ref, bad ref. And, yes. then, and then, you know, the teams have to kind of figure out who, who's the main ref at any point and adjust yeah, their right. game accordingly. No complaints to cool ref. It's like, <laughs> oh, let's, you know... There's nothing I can do when yeah. he's a, he goes crazy. I can't stop him. <laughs> It's two word. days to retirement. Don't, don't make me get bad ref. <laughs> don't make me call bad ref. Anyway, a few reflections on refereeing. We've been speaking about it quite a bit this year, but you know it keeps coming to a head and it, it frustrates me a little. And I, I want to delineate between uh, people who complain about refereeing decisions, which I think, I think is ridiculous, yeah. and it, it's borderline insane because, like we said, it never changes. That's right. And I want to delineate between that and discussion about refereeing philosophy. Wasn't it a definition of insanity to keep exactly. doing the same thing and hoping for a different result? Exactly. I yeah. think I'm going to change, take referee philosophy number five and put it on a t-shirt. It's that good. Yeah. It is uh-huh. that good. I Do love it. it. I it. love it. As long as you, you know, reference me. Put a PRL logo on yeah, that. Yeah. We'll sell that for merch. Right. Right. Come on. Look for our Shopify storefront. Yeah. Beautiful. Progressive rugby league. Fellas, what's that smell? Oh, oh it's the mailbag. <laughs> right, I thought that was what that was. People have questions. People have thoughts. They write into us. We try to answer them. PRL Mailbag. It's the PRL Mailbag. We can just uh, dive in here and see what we've got. Okay. Oh, here we are. We've got something from... Oh, this looks like a person named Betty Not Fake. And oh. Hey, Betty. So Betty asks, what about the magic weekend of sure. rugby league? Give us your thoughts on it and how might it work in the NRL? Oh, good question, Betty's. Very topical question. Magic Weekend just occurred in the UK mm. over the weekend. Apparently it was very successful. I think they had 65,000 people over the course of the weekend, over the two days. So enlighten people who might be in this room sure, who don't know exactly what that is. So the Magic Week- Weekend's <laughs> going, been going, I think, since 2007, where uh, all the teams travel to a city. In this case, it was Newcastle. Yeah. And they all play uh, the round over two days. Of that weekend, okay, and at the same ground, so they so even it's played like a carnival. They even played Toronto versus Toulouse at one, on the Saturday oh. as a lead into the first day. So it was a, a great carnival of international global rugby league. Yeah, and uh, look, I think it's happening in the NRL next year. I think uh, in Brisbane it's going to be held over four days. 
Yeah, uh, is that the opening round? No, no, no. I no, think no, it's... no. That's, you're, you're confusing that with round zero, which may potentially be <laughs> South versus, I think, Parramatta in LA or something okay. like that. Oh, wow. Wow. round zero. Yeah. What a concept. Round zero, which will be the week before the actual round point. one to give everybody time to get back. And okay. All that, all that jazz. So, I mean, the question is, should there be a magic weekend in the NRL? I personally do not think so at this stage. I think... It works well in the Super League because the Super League needs a bit of attention. It's in a it's in a a country where rugby league is not the highest uh, you know sport of the in the country, and so I believe uh, in the NRL already has plenty of exposure. So in the UK, it's it's a great weekend for exposure, and it gets it gets it on the sporting pages, and it also enables more people to watch that round and then would have watched it anyway because in the Super League the average crowds are around six or 7,000 yeah. whereas in this case there were 65,000 people for the six games there was, a, there was actually more people watching the games right. over the, uh, the two days in the NRL we get about 15,000 per game so 15 times 8 we get about 120,000 people to view the games so would you get that over two days? No uh, I believe the NRL Magic Week weekend will be over three or four, so you might get that, but you might not. If you have it over four days and you have four double headers and a couple of, let's face it, dud double headers, they're not going to be all fantastic. You wonder, will you actually get more people to the to the ground than you would have otherwise? So the only way I could see it work is if the Magic Weekend in the NRL goes to you know a fledgling market like at your Adelaide's. Mm. Like your your Wellingtons, like your Port Moresby's, yeah. or something where it's actually doing something of value and growing the sport somewhere. Otherwise, you what's that's the point? a really great idea. I think Port Moresby is probably the only place you could do it well in terms of attendances. So, like Australia, it's so big, it's it's kind of laborious to get from like you know in terms of time getting mm. from Sydney to anywhere that's not Sydney. Right. Um, and maybe somewhat expensive as well. So mm. if you were to put a magic weekend in Adelaide, you'd probably wake up the city of Adelaide a fair bit, but I don't know how many travelling fans you would get for it. Um, mm. And I mean, Perth, everyone would say Perth would be a great idea as well, but again, it's it's just expensive to get to. Yeah. Um, and it's not like a holiday weekend or anything like that. Yeah. So I think yeah, I think the NRL have, are going to do it next year, and I think it is going to be in Brisbane, which... Is I guess it kind of makes sense, but it's kind of disappointing because uh, a, a lot of the time the NRL just has a great idea, isn't quite sure what to do with it, so they put it in Brisbane because they know there's an appetite for it, yeah. and it's just a sort of default option. Ah, like the, the Nines isn't working in Auckland, I'll put them in Brisbane. People yeah. like pe- Brisbane love it, so <laughs> yeah. uh, I think I reckon a real Port Moresby not only would you'd get great like ravenous crowds because there's like in terms of enthusiasm. But that would be a fantastic highlight for the game, again, just about the difference the game makes and the potential yes. to further make change and improvements to the, the population and the overall community yep. in, in PNG. That is a fantastic idea, John. Yeah. Well, once again, put it on a T-shirt. Magic Weekend, Port Moresby. The, I suppose the other thing is, in the UK, it's a Magic Weekend, it's over two days. They're, they're saying... In the NRL next week, next year, it's going to be over four days, which is not yeah, a week. I think it's, it's a majority of a week. They'd have to keep the broadcast schedule, so they'd probably still have to be a Thursday night game. Yeah, so two Fridays. Yeah, they'd have to keep 
Something like that. So it, uh, for me, that dilutes the magicness of the Magic Weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, magic is an important component of Magic Weekend. Mm-hmm. And if you become, if you dilute it over four days, not so magic anymore. It would be cool if you could maybe do it in a region. So, like the New England regions, they have it spread across Tamworth and Armadale and <laughs> Urella. But what did you want? What did you want? <laughs> do they have a stadium? Will the twangs get a, get a That's team right. in it? The, ta- the New England twang. Yeah. Or, well, uh, Hunter? No, it's just Newcastle. Anyway, it's a good question, Betty, yeah. and we thank you for it. All right, let me, I've got two more. Wow. Actually, there's a record in right. there. Uh, this next quick one is from someone called Slug V. Oh. That'd be me. Oh, I, want, I just want your opinion, guys, very quickly. Uh, the AFL this past week played a game in China. Yeah. Yeah. So they've obviously got a plan and they're pushing hard in, you know, what is potentially the world's biggest market. Um, why what, what are the NRL doing? Well... Any China plans? Well, round minus one, I believe, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Beijing next year, no? I don't, I don't know about any, any China plans, but there are... I mean, there's always been talk about getting a, a, an actual premiership game happening in America. I think the I think that there's a game. I think the game has decided to focus on America as the next market because, well, I mean, you've got the, the World Cup's going there in 2025, um, and right now, this is what I think is critical in in America. Nobody, everybody just knows rugby. No one knows there's rugby union or there's rugby yeah, league. Right? That's the difference. So yeah. if you can get there first and establish yourself as whatever rugby means, then that's you got to get there. You've got to own it. We're, yeah, we're rugby. Fine. Who cares what you call us? But haven't the NRL been, like, too obsessed with the US? Because it's like the 30-year anniversary of playing that State of Origin That's game. That's right. In, um, Las in Vegas. Lo- no. Was it, what was it called? Long Beach, California? Oh, Long yeah. Beach, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sparkles McGore scoring in the corner. Is that, that where Peter Sterling couldn't get through the banner? That's the one. That's the one. Tight banner. <laughs> Those um, American banners. So, yeah, obviously, getting the US has been on the NRL's mind for 30 yeah. years before the NRL was even a thing. <laughs> I um, suppose they have they only have so many resources. They have, they have to like pick and choose where they want to uh, aim for first, right? So they think there's more potential of getting something up and running in the US, even though, as you say, it's like they've been trying you know, on and off for a long time and have got yeah. absolutely nowhere. So like trying, Like trying to make plans... That's what they've been trying to do. Right. They've never actually done anything. There was that 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 one state of origin game back in eighty, whenever, uh, and then Idiot. and then nothing. Yeah. They haven't done anything. Uh, yeah. Oh, actually, no. South they played a, Australia South versus played, US yeah, yeah, yeah. international. Florida didn't they play in Florida? South played a, a, a trial. Yeah, against Florida Leeds, against Leeds. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Rusty, so, Rusty took him over. That's right. Yeah. I mean, maybe you're onto something, Slug. Maybe we should be looking at the biggest countries in the world by population. China versus India. Who yeah. can imagine that in a rugby yeah. league grand <laughs> World Cup final one one day? China, India. Who else is big? Russia. Russia. Uh, well, they're big. Uh, Russia's already got a team. Russia, oh, yeah, Russia's yeah, well yeah. established, and they're just big by land volume. Oh, okay, really? Right. Uh, Indonesia. Yeah, yeah in, that's another big one. Pakistan. Uh, you know, I'm just thinking of teams with uh, countries with big populations. So, yeah, uh, Nigeria. You know, there's it's got to be something. Well, there. we're just talking about the, our ideal World Cup, really. Um, all right. Uh, last question is from our friend Matt and Hugh. Um, and thank you very much for asking us a question again, Matt and Hugh. He simply asks your dream commentary team. 
who would be your progressive choices and who shouldn't get anywhere near a microphone ever again, well, apart from us. Yeah, well, I think... <laughs> I think I mean, let's talk about the last question first. Who should stay away from a progressive <sighs> microphone when it comes to commentary? You know, anyone who is a shock jock... Yep. Yep. Uh, masquerading as a rugby league commentator. Let's name names. Yes. Ray Hadley. <laughs> Ray Hadley's got to go. So, you know, in, in, he's a decent commentator, but in progressive rugby league land, we can't accept a conservative shock jock radio host yep. being in our commentary team. So, sorry, Ray. Um, you know, I'm sure you'll be fine, but you're not in our commentary box. Giono, do I get anywhere near your microphone now? <laughs> well, Rabs, he used to be uh, a, a, a talkback radio host as well. Yeah. Really? So he did, yeah. 2KY. Yeah. He used to host the morning show there, so... You know, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Rabs, once again. No. Uh, you're not making it. Uh, so I don't was he a shock jock? Uh, I never really listened, but yeah. uh, I, I assume he wasn't. He seems to be like a sensitive soul, but, you know, when, when you're on AM radio, you've got to, you know, get mm. those... You've got to get those callers oh, ringing in. Yeah. Maybe John so, Burgess hosts a show on AM radio. I can't see that him That was being... 2CH. That was easy <laughs> oh, listening hits. I can't see him being a shock jock. <laughs> well... <laughs> Maybe he could commentate. I mean, he's got those dulcet, yeah. dulcet tones. Uh, so, therefore, who should be our commentators? Yes. I might leave this to, to Big Al because oh, I know well, he's, he's pretty, salivating. It's, no, it's pretty obvious who I think I'm should be. I'm putting on a raincoat here. It's, it's pretty so obvious much. who I think. Of the, of the current well, like established mainstream callers, yep. it's got to be Andrew Voss. Yeah. He yeah. is... I, w- I wish I was his best friend. I think if, we could, <laughs> if only we could meet... He would realise that me and him were supposed to be together. Uh, and then, as a little indulgent, uh, of course, you know, actually, you know, this question's not asking me who I think should be calling the game, it's just who do, who do I think are the greatest Who do you like? Who, is the who are my favourites? <laughs> and it's Andrew Voss and Steve Mascord. Steve, yep. Steve Mascord's a really great um, a, a, a columnist, I suppose, yep. and I've seen it, he does, uh, on NRL 360, he used to do a, a segment about uh, international rugby league, blah, blah, blah. He's very good on camera. Okay. Would you put him on the sideline? No, well, no. He does, he does sideline reporting for Triple M. Let's, let's say that they're in the box. Okay. Let's pick someone else for the sideline. And in Matt and Hugh's question, he's not actually saying of current commentators. He's saying, ah. who would you like to see? Oh. So it can be anyone. Oh, well, then it'd be me, wouldn't it? <laughs> I would love to see me. <laughs> can I bring? Can we bring back uh, recently departed Daryl Eastlake? You know, RIP. Oh. Uh, you know, he... I actually don't know what he stood for as a human being, but... Gee, he had a, a great booming voice. Volume. He was very. He stood for volume, and he was uh, a very, uh, you know, interesting yeah. commentator to listen to. Who can all forget right. him? Huge, all that. Yeah. All right. So let's stick Mascord back down the sideline then. Okay. Yeah. But with free reign to chime in whenever he wants, he doesn't have to wait for Daryl to 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 say. Mascord down the sideline. Yeah, just chime in whenever you want, Stevie. Yeah. So, uh, what do you think, Slug? Your favourites. What about, remember Graeme Hughes? Ian yeah, Maurice? Is, oh, yeah, Graeme Hughes is really good. Ian Maurice real... was rubbish. Like, I know he was a North Sydney Bears man, which is good, but, yeah, nothing to offer. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I never, I was hoping my feud with Ian Maurice would <laughs> never turn up on this program, but there it is. You've made it personal. But yeah, maybe Graeme Hughes is like, I, just I like Graeme Hughes. Could I, if we're bringing during, pe- during the origin period, maybe Graeme Hughes can take over. Well, if we're bringing people back from beyond the grave, can we have Frank Hyde, please? Oh. If it's long enough, it's straight enough, it's straight between the posts. Yeah, yeah. I'll have some of that. All right, buddy. So, Matt and Hugh, I hope that answers your question. Great question. Um, basically, yeah, no conservatives. <laughs> Anywhere near our microphone. <laughs> um, no, no whinges either. There's a lot of whinging. No whinges? Like the, the local commentary, to the current commentary team around established NRL media outlets. Yeah. Are we just saying no News Corp? 
Anyway, <laughs> uh, Andrew Voss works for Fox. The oh, Fox, okay. the Fox oh. commentary team is is pretty good, but by. Um, well, there's a few winches there. There's, there's, a, few, there's there. a few, but there's a lot more in other places. And let's face it, he's only there because he pissed someone off at night. Okay, now, uh, listener Ashton asked us last week about our, uh, our thoughts on State of Origin and uh, the progressiveness of. Uh, we thought we'd follow up this week by... Um, we're picking, going to pick our Queensland team but our progressive Queensland team. Who are the most progressive choices in the Queensland team? And then next week, we're going to pick our progressive New South Wales side. So, guys, you've had a bit of a think about it today. And, um, look, this is progressive rugby league's Queensland team. Who we got at fullback, guys? Should we discuss that? Sure. Uh, I've got Slater. That's an obvious one, but he throws gridiron passes, basketball passes. Uh, Exciting to watch. Uh, I've put down Moses Embiid. Okay. Uh, What's progressive about Moses Embiid? Well, uh, regardless of how progressive his play may be, off the field, he heads an initiative which funds free club memberships for refugee families who have settled in the Belmore area. Oh, well. Boom. Boom. Uh, you sold me. Embiid, fullback. Embiid's in fullback? <laughs> All right, notch that up. We've got two wing positions there. Yes, I have Dane Gagai, mainly because he's... Uh, Purple Rain era Prince hairdo. <laughs> yes. And so he needs to be on my wing. So that's entertaining? That, that's very that comes entertaining. Into an entertaining well, yeah, because I always use that joke when I'm uh, watching the game with friends, and yeah. it's always a killer. So, okay. like, as in a good killer. Uh, and my, on my other wing, I have Ponga, because oh, okay. he's a young, exciting player. Yeah, my, my only concern about Ponga on the wing is he going to be able to stay out there because he wants to. He's going to want to come into the middle and sort great. of ferret about for that's action. Good, that's yeah. great. We're gonna, winning in secondary, so yeah, I mean, if it's entertaining, bring no. it on. So I too, I've got I've got Ponga on one of my wings, great. so we can lock him in. Uh, and I've also put Billy Slater on my other wing, okay. because I had M by at fullback. Yeah, and I, I've Billy Slater, I've got in there for the, all the reasons you gave, but also because we all know that famously Billy Slater was a jockey's apprentice at one stage. Yep. And it just shows that you don't have to be defined by choices you make early in life. No. And you can always change, yep. as long as you want to. <laughs> and uh, clearly no room for Darius Boyd anywhere. Um, all right, Senna's. Senna's, I've got uh, Greg Inglis, mostly because he's an indigenous leader in our game. I think that's very progressive. Yeah. And Will Chambers, because he's a bit of, like, a thug and everyone needs a villain. So he's our villain. <laughs> really? that's well, is that progressive, though? Well, I mean, it's entertaining. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is. He's a niggle merchant. Yeah, so you, you need... The good guys only look good because of the bad guys. On the other side, so I think this team's not far from what the actual team will be. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So my centers are yeah, I've, I've got big GI in there as well uh, for the Goanna. I found oh, that Goanna. entertaining. Yeah, yeah, a bit of dancing, really yeah. like that. Bit of I've, I've gone for Dale Copley because I think Dale Copley is a bit of a loser, and this team is all about letting giving people a chance. That's what's progressive about. Is he, Nobody, is he the guy there that people can relate to? Is that, <laughs> yeah, is that why he's there? <laughs> Yeah, that's right. His average <laughs> Joe. Yeah, he's he, like, oh, does he even play anymore? I can't remember. He's like, is that guy? No, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Oh, he's yeah, yeah, he it. does. But he's the he's the plain yeah. milk of he's the this. warm glass of water <laughs> of the professional rugby league player. He's just tough. If he's, your water that I provide you there is warm, you just have to say so. You don't have to <laughs> bring it up as a problem. What have we got now? Five eight. Who have you got? Five eight. All right. So from here on in, my team takes a bit of a turn. Well, the Ooh. point. I, I rather than looking for, I'm looking for progressive players, but progressive players that make a point 
Oh, a point I that I have points. generally about State of Origin. Uh, a social point? Yes, well, <laughs> yes, this is a movement. <laughs> All right, please. Movement. So, I have at six, uh, Anthony Milford. Oh, I like that. Qualifies as a Samoan international. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. Here, uh, I see where we're going. My halfback, Riley Jacks. Qualifies as Canadian international. Oh, yeah, should right. I keep going? Okay, should I keep yeah, going? Please right. do. I've got Corbin Sims, Fiji international. Fiji. Yeah. Kurt Baptiste. Oh, Kurt Baptiste. PNG international. Sam Cassiano. New Zealand international, and also he he's not afraid to reinvent himself, and he did that at the Bulldogs with his passing game as a forward, and now yeah. at Melbourne when he's super slim and super yeah. trim. So that's so it's a bit is of he slide. eligible? I always thought he was just a Kiwi straight up. No, he's eligible. Oh wow! Why has he ever got a run then? He's not that good. Well, he, I mean, he was behind what Friday and who were the props for? Anyway, anyway, we, 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 um, we digress. Jason Bakuya. Fiji and international. Okay. Oh, yeah. Josh Papali, Samoan international. Sure. Aiden Guerra, Italian international. What does this say? This says that by allowing Australia to lock players off, uh, if you want to play for Queensland or New South Wales, you're only eligible for Australia. You are robbing those minnows of yeah. experienced players that could help boost the experience levels of those international True. teams. That's a very good point, well made. I reckon your one to maybe six is pretty spot on. <laughs> And Riley Jacks can make it <laughs> in terms of what's actually going to happen. I, I look. I'm not going to. I'm not going to go on with the rest of my team because I tend to agree with with the rest of that. But a couple I want to mention. I would put Daly Cherry Evans at halfback because he's a rubbish goal kicker, and we are tired of penalty goals. So if uh, Queensland. <laughs> Get a penalty thirty meters out, yeah. right in front. They're not going to go for the goal because Pong is taking your kicks. He out, can't. Ah, oh, well, I'm, if Pong is out, then I'm going with Corey Oates because it could be marketing or something. Oats, yeah, cereal Uncle packets Toby or something. Yeah. And it's exciting when Oates is under the high ball because you're not quite yeah, sure exactly. what's going to happen. Uh, and the only other one I would mention uh, is I'd bring back Big Dave Taylor to the oh, forward really? back because, like, it's one of my favourite nicknames, Coltrane. No, Big. Oh, Big. Whenever he's mentioned... No wonder you're friends with Al. <laughs> Whenever he's like mentioned in the commentary, it's always Big Dave Taylor. It's like, can't you just call him, call him by his name? No, it's always Big. So I love, I love Coltrane as a nickname. No, that's, his secondary, like that's his secondary nickname. Uh-huh. His nickname, his actual nickname is Big. big. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's our team. That's, yeah, not bad. Not bad. I think it's, uh, it's going to be a few penalty goals, exciting play, and they probably lose, but that's fine. Something confused me today, just looking quickly through eligibility lists. Yeah. How many brothers kind of qualify for the opposite teams? Corbin Uh, Sims qualifies for Queensland. Tarek Sims for New South Wales, I believe. That's amazing. Did they grow up in Tweed or something? I'm not sure. No idea. They're two hospitals on either side? The Fafita brothers both both qualify for the opposite teams. Yeah, well, I suppose it's about the eligibility where you played your first, you know. Yeah. Mm. Strange though, isn't it? It is strange. That's about where it stops, but, uh, you know, strange to me. <laughs> All right, this is uh, a long episode, but packed with info, packed with passion, packed with progressiveness. Let's uh, have a look at our progressive moments of the week. Your Interna- tap- international update. Oh, first. my God. Oh, <laughs> please, I'm offended. I even looked at is, updates. Is that it's in, on my. It's on got my it in all paper. caps on the run in all there. caps, and all I, right, I passed so over it. I'm so sorry. Slug we gal and me, we like what we see when it comes to French Canadian rugby thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, somebody stop him! How did? 
Um, much like the preacher at the royal wedding, you should have passed that through us first, but that was impromptu, but we like it. Thanks very much. Uh, so, as Slug mentioned, we are running very, very long, so I'll keep it short. Uh, but Catalans, we've got movement from the bottom, bottom of the table oh, there, so they had, a, they had a clash with Salford uh, not long ago, and which they won 26 to 12, which makes Catalans Dragons now outright third last. And they're, the... not, they're not far off eighth place, and they theoretically could. You know, avoid the super eights. If we could, if we could get Catalans locked in, so not facing relegation, and then Toronto and Toulouse yep. with potential uh, promotion. Mm. Oh, that's the dream. That's juicy. That's juicy. Yeah. Uh, so we've got Catalans uh, third last, uh, just above Widners and Hull KR. So that's very good. Great. And of course, as Jono mentioned earlier, to kick off Magic Weekend. Toulouse and Toronto had a showdown in the in Newcastle. It was a good game, and it was a very good. It was a free flying game, high scoring, with Toronto winning forty three to Toulouse thirty. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, very different style of play as you would see yeah. in the NRL, as, as John made a couple mm. of comments about. Toulouse scored some beautiful tries too, mm, some mm. French flamboyant tries. How many defensive drills do you think are usually in a week's training over there? I think the it's single figures. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But I would like to say the Toulouse Olympic coach, uh, I read an article about him on the weekend, and apparently he's a sheep farmer. He gets up at 3 a.m. Yeah. in the morning, you know, tends to his sheep, and heads off and coaches the team. Yeah, does, right. does he make cheese with, uh, those, with the sheep? On like the what, kind of, what kind of sheep? Uh, is, I, I think shearing sheep, milking sheep, or killing sheep? Yeah. I'd say all of the above. Yeah. Mm. Very good. I can't confirm, but I, I would if, say I wonder if I can. Wonder, I'll find out where he supplies it. I'm okay, gonna, yeah, I'll get back to you next week. Good question. Have a cheese update. <laughs> as well as a. Um, so, just a rundown on the championship. So, Toronto are in first place, way out in front on 25. Oh, and then we've won. got a tie, a three way tie for second place. Mm. London, Toulouse, and Featherstone all on 20 points. Well, I mean, I tell you. There's a, a bit of a race happening for that top four in the championship, and uh, it's not going to be easy for those teams. There's a few teams just below, like your Halifaxes, yes. who aren't, aren't too far away uh, from that fourth position. So mm. there's, there's some teams that are going to be quite upset coming there in. There we go. Season. And speaking of Halifax, they feature in the Jews up oh, the, the Jews News. Jews News. Jews News. Jews news you can use. Where's your j- jingle for Jews News? Uh, next week. Oh, all right. It's a work in progress. So the Jewsby Rams have uh, just played out a 22-all draw with Halifax. Right. Uh, and so that puts Dewsbury uh, on ninth position in the championship. But the interesting thing was Dewsbury were actually up 14-0 at halftime. So they've, they've held on to a, to a win there. Nice. It's a brave. Brave, brave win by the, Jews, by the Rams, the fellas from Dewsbury. Yeah. And that's Dewsbury News. Dewsbury News. <laughs> <laughs> We've got to make sure your enunciation's correct. Is anyone just Dews? Yes. <laughs> anyone uh, tuning in just for that bit might be a little confused <laughs> right. and put off. Yeah. Uh, so, in other international rugby league news, the official qualification uh, system for the 2021 Rugby League World Cup has been announced. It's actually quite long and complicated, so I think I might pause it and save that for the next next episode because I want to spend a bit bit of time on it. Yeah, we don't want to skim over that. No. No. So that that will conclude the international update. Yeah. Thank you, Big Al. Apologies for nearly missing it. I think I'm going to have to go back to podcast host school this week. (laughs) Last week, I messed the audio up. And this week, I nearly forgot the updates. I mean, come on. What's the slug doing? Don't be too hard on yourself, slug. We love you. Progressive moments. Fire away, Jono. Well, mine one comes from Friday night's game between Brisbane and the Roosters, and there was an amazing uh, clash in, between the centres of Roberts and 
What's his name? Latrell Mitchell. 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 That was sensational to watch. You don't see that often, just like opposite positions just going at it all night. And they made, they might have played each other, they might have played themselves into New South Wales contention. As as a pairing. Yeah, and also they've played each other into New South Wales uh, contention through their respective defensive frailties. Yeah. So like that... They took advantage of their own speed and their own power, but also the advantage of the opposition numbers' yeah. weakness in defence. So yeah. it was a really interesting battle. And it was so entertaining. It was one of the, the better duels I've seen uh, in rugby league. So that was my progressive moment of the week. The, I, I, sometimes you watch the Broncos and you go, Roberts is a liability at times. Mm. And then he'll just pull a try out, like the one he scored. That, that last, last try yeah. was yeah. like it was amazing. Yeah. It was just such a... Bloody amazing try to watch. Yeah. So fast. The way he turned and weaved. Yeah, in and out. It was, Go on. It was amazing. But, yeah. I mean, he's the ultimate PRL player because he's very entertaining, like, in attack yeah. and a liability in defence, which is entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> and there's nothing more entertaining than brain farts. Exactly. As far as a player's concerned. That's right. Yeah. Al? My PRL Progressive Member of the Week is the launch of the NRL Touch Premiership. So wow. yes. that is uh, playing as curtain raises to uh, a whole bunch of uh, NRL games for the next couple of weeks. So we've got men's and women's teams, I think from every single NRL club, I'm not sure, but uh, on uh, televised and played at the stadium beforehand. And I think right. I'm always going on about uh, connecting, the bridging the gap between touch football and full contact rugby league football and how one is just a version of the other and that's just a fantastic step forward in that direction. Yep. Uh, it attracts uh, families, it attracts parents, it attracts women and it attracts people that have uh, played you know, played contact rugby league up to a certain point and decided, okay, yeah. I want to sort of... you know, I, I, it, Dial it back. Yeah, I want to dial yeah. it back a bit and it just sort of... It, it, it broadcasts that to the wider population. Touch football is rugby league football. Uh, I think it's an amazing step forward for the game. I'm very happy. It's very exciting. Great yeah. news. Well, very quickly, my moment of the week is simply hearing that Freddie Fittler, new Blues coach this week, uh, was asked about his uh, what his approach towards the selection, selecting of the side's going to be. And his words were, uh, I'm just going to pick people I want to see play. Oh, I'm going to pick people who are entertaining. Now, Whoa. that's not just... Has he been listening to the oh, yeah, That's what I'm saying. If that's not just a menu for progressiveness, yeah. I don't know what is. Also, okay. apparently, he's going to be embracing yoga. Wow. As part of the... Yep. Very um, good. It's taken a leaf out of the Warriors book, maybe, but, yeah, um, yeah that's going to be part of their camp. Wow. Yoga. Well, Bikram. I, I tried Bikram for the first time last week, and I don't recommend it. So no? maybe just, uh, just stick to the... You All right, well, you need to yoga. send a missive... Uh, over to Fitler as fast as you can. Will do. Um, uh, with that, we might uh, end this week. Did you have something else to say, Jono? No. No, you were just winding up. Oh, yeah. Goodbye. Wave. Sorry. <laughs> Farewell. <laughs> uh, bye all. Goodbye all. In rugby league, we trust. I thought you weren't going to say it oh, for please. a second. Ooh.